Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, Royfield here with another new advertiser. Now, before you go and say that you need to fast forward, this one is important. Well, all advertisers are because they help keep the lights on and pay our bills. But this advertiser is also extremely different. So please lend me your ears. As a good fan of the archers, you're probably impressed with Jim's scholarly knowledge of the classics by authors like Homer and Cicero. And he does drop in the odd reference to Nietzsche and people like Spinola from time to time. Now, if you are, go to OnlineGreatBooks.com. Online Great Books is designed to help you develop a regular habit of reading the great books. It has weekly reading goals, reading reminders, accountability tools, and a dedicated community of fellow readers that help you keep track and on schedule with your reading. In fact, as Jim would say, you can learn ad libitum. Every month they select and send you an edition of one of the great books directly to your home. They begin with Homer and progress through the works of Plato, Aristotle and Descartes, Shakespeare. You get the drill. It's all the great thinkers. It's right up Jim's alley. So if you're interested in developing a lifelong habit of reading and studying the great works, go to onlinegreatbooks.com forward slash ROI and enter the promo code ROI to get a 25% discount off your first three months of learning. So it's bene cognita, as Jim would say. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Here I know. Dumpty dumpty dum, 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 dumpty dumpty dum. This is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that has centered on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the happy homeless person that is Royfield Brown, and with me I have the crazed stalker that is Lucy Freeman. And the last part of Pat's kidnap attempt, folks, is you. And with us today, we are very honoured to have Anya, who plays Lexi, Annabelle, who plays Kirsty, and Becky. Is it an apparition? 
a ghostly apparition from the past who used to play the wonderful slapper kid Nick Grundy. <laughs> this week's Dum Dee Dum is from you all. It's from the collected voices of those who are assembled at the live Dum Dee Dum at the BBC Cafe. But Lucy, mm-hmm. if somebody would like to speak pipe in and do a more conventional Dum Dee Dum, you know, one where maybe they're in their bedroom, maybe they're in their garden, maybe it's a sunny day in England, or maybe they're in New York, I don't know and send in a Dumpty Dum, how can they do that? If you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, leave us a plot prediction or invite a total stranger to share your house on the grounds that she's quite good with pigs, then call us on 0203 031 3105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thank you to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and for doing the Dumpty Dogs, Shambridge for her voices, and Shambridge is going to be here at about 8 o'clock. Woo-hoo. Mike Hatton for his character counts and to Derek for Lone in the Back Bedroom. Hey, Derek. Um, Derek is feeling very patriotic this week because of the royal wedding. He has hung a banner out of the back bedroom window uh, saying, God bless Prince Harry and Mrs. Merkin. Um, (laughs) But he does wonder how she's going to combine her royal duties with being Chancellor of Germany. (laughs) But before the questions to our esteemed guests, it's the bit of the show which you have to, like, trudge through. Before Matt Corner, it's Lucy V. Freeman's week in Ambridge. We began the week with Adam and Ian in the hot tub. The gay Grables won this time. They are never happier than when they're bobbing around in some sort of Legionnaire's disease soup, those two. No wonder Adam's little swimmers keep sinking. They're bloody waterlogged. They then bumped into Jenny at Gay Grables, who was there to rewind after her stressful week of her really busy... Well, anyway, she was there. And she said very kindly that she'd treat them to a fruit juice afterwards and a Kit Kat from the machine and they were allowed to put the money in themselves. Oh, she does spoil those boys. Adam had the brilliant idea of asking his womb Airbnb landlady, Lexi, if she would pick a few strawberries for him while she was waiting to get up the clangor. It's better than the chicken factory, he said. Rubbing athlete's foot cream into Nigel Farage is probably better than the chicken factory, Adam, but it doesn't mean you should ask anyone to do it. It's all a bit droit de seigneur, isn't it? Before I impregnate the staff, I like them to do a little light gardening. Jenny Darling thought it was a marvellous idea. And if she doesn't like it, you can beat her with a runner bean cane until she gives in, darling, she said brightly. Jake and Mia are suffering from nervous exhaustion after the constant round of activities Williams got them on. It's like an extended Duke of Edinburgh award scheme. Up at five, then we'll do a quick route match before breakfast. Clary and Ed are worried about it. Things are becoming legal. Every time anyone says the word solicitor, the Grundys echo it in horrified tones. Solicitor? Anyway, William said, I don't know where I would find such a solicitor. And Clary suddenly remembered Usha. I mean, she doesn't ever say anything, William, which is a bit of a drawback if you go to her for advice, but she's easy to find. If you tune into Radio 4 at 2.15, she's usually on the afternoon play. (laughs) Adam, the paranoid android, seems to have had one of the memory lapses that are so common in Ambridge. Forgot that he had voted leave and was moaning about the lack of pickers. When I voted for something that meant we would significantly reduce the amount of people coming into the UK to work, I didn't realise that I would be significantly reducing the amount of people coming into the UK to do my work, he said plaintively. (laughs) I think word has got out, Adam. Pavel's probably put it around Eastern Europe that if you're not trying to persuade young men into the polytunnel for a quick herbal lay, you're trying to get them pregnant. You're a bloody menace, man. 
Jenny Darling is having a lovely time flouncing about sulking. Forty years of suppressed fury has come roaring out like that volcano in Hawaii. Brian's skulking around like a kicked sheepdog and Jenny's banging doors like a teenager saying, quick, everyone, don't talk to Brian Aldridge, pass it on. Adam's still quite chipper. In fact, he's sounding cheerier than he has for months now. He's got something genuine to sound depressed about. All he ordered is starting to sound like the Sopranos. The word family was used about 14 times last week. They're all on my side. We stick together. We're family. Mark my words, give it two weeks and Jenny Darling will be wearing leopard skin mules and Brian and Adam will be wearing white vests and burying people in the woods. In further Sopranos news, Freddie, who with the benefit of his smart drugs can now tie his shoelaces, is engaged in a drugs war with Ellis. As a consequence, Johnny got hit on the head with a brick. He didn't notice. Isn't brain damage brilliant? (laughs) Over at the stables, Shula is making a concerted effort to kill her brother by feeding him frozen kedgery. Who freezes kedgery? Poor old David was just delighted to be eating anything that wasn't cake or dyed bright orange and covered in breadcrumbs, so he just sat there and sucked the frozen bits of haddock until they thawed out. If any of you doubt the the verisimilitude of the archers, wait for this. Harassment burns. The man who cannot only not find the bunting, he'd struggle to find his own arse with both hands, is being promoted. He's getting a car with pedals now rather than one of those push-along ones and a sheriff badge. Oh, Fallon is a lucky woman. Derek, have you just spat drink all over? Yes. Oh, good. It's Open Fart Sunday. Yes, I know that is a childish joke, but this is the most boring annual event in the grand roster of all the boring annual events in Ambridge. All that happens is that we hear two minutes of one of them banging on about something topical in there. I'm an actor pretending to be uncomfortable with public speaking voice. And then... I'd forgotten they were here. That's quite embarrassing. And then there's a lot of actors pretending to be the public in capital letters going, yes, 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 yes. Someone, <laughs> someone putting on a funny voice to ask a contentious question, a ripple of applause, then we all pack up and go home. The only interesting one was when a herd of cows got let out and trampled Pip to death. That didn't happen, but wouldn't it have been nice? Bridge Farm and Brookfield are having a joint open fart Sunday, thereby doubling the boredom for us all. Lady took a chunk out of Robert's Silmarillion. That'll be a long time healing. Alwyn has been seen upside down in a skip saying, oh, Jeremy Corbyn. Pat just won't get the message, will she? Unless Alwyn spray paints sod off Pat Archer on the bypass bridge, Pat is going to continue to traipse around after her like a toddler determined to pick up an elderly and furious cat. The thing is, Alwyn, I don't understand why you don't want to be more like me. I mean, who wouldn't? I have a commitment-phobic son who has panic attacks when the conversation extends beyond meat products and live bacteria, a daughter who's obsessed with cheese, and a husband who's having a passionate affair with his own tractor. I need you to want to be like me, otherwise it forces me to question the terrible choices I've made with my life. Now just lie still while I break your ankles, dirty birdie. The end. It's so much harder doing that when I can see you. It's much easier doing it when I can't. Well, you know what? What? That was so much better than last week. I quite enjoyed that this week. (laughs) Now, uh, before we uh, talk to our assembled, uh, you know, esteemed guests, um, last week in Ambridge, what do you reckon? (sighs) Um, 
I don't know where they're going with this Alwyn thing. I mean, how much longer could she keep running away and Pat keep going, please come back, please come back, please come back, unless Pat is going to find out something terrible that Alwyn's wanted by the police or something. Mm. I must admit, I haven't connected with it at all yet. So I'm kind of, kind of with you. Kind of with you. You haven't connected with Alwyn? Well, the, whole story line. Nobody would the whole storyline. Nobody would want to connect. The, the, the whole, the whole oh, storyline that um, the setup has been a little bit tortuous, and we've had absolutely zero payoff yet. Because you, you, you on no level do you sympathise with Alwyn. Is she a likable, sim- sympathetic character? But you don't sympathise with Pat either, because you just want to no, kill her I most do. of the time. Do you? Yeah. You like Pat? Yeah. What's wrong with Pat? Who she, likes Pat? She, Pat, fundamentally, she might, she might be somewhat patronising, but fundamentally the character of Pat wants to do the right thing. And I think that people that want to do the right thing are fundamentally nice people. They don't always the do the right it, thing, though. It's the way she does it in such a patronising way. But she feels guilty, though, doesn't she? She feels guilty about the yes. fact that way back uh, in, the, in the days of Green Up Common, they were, she somewhat looked up to this woman. She was a firebrand. And then she has this now comfortable life and, you know, this million pounds for this bit of land. And then there is Alwyn, somebody who she looked up to ideologically, who now is sleeping in a car. So there's a certain amount of guilt. And she feels that she's And she's betrayed. running a shop where they sell butter for £7.90 Absolutely. or whatever it is. Absolutely. Mm. Anything else in the last week in Ambridge? <laughs> drugs? I'm quite... No, the thank ute. you. Not now. What? <laughs> <laughs> the drugs in the ute, Dem. The ute. There mm. are a lot of de ute at the moment mm. in the Ambridge, isn't there? I there don't, is. I don't, I don't, We've I don't. gone from one extreme to another. Yeah. It, it was, was uh, Auntie Cardboard and, and Peggy, and now it's all uh, Johnny and, um, and Freddie. You know smart drugs? I've what? heard of them. What are they? Well, it's what people use to, to cram for universities, isn't it? There's a great documentary on Netflix at the moment called... Oh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's... Yeah, and it's, it's about the kids in, in American high schools that are taking the, the drug that was designed for, well, ADHD, which everybody in America has now. Uh, uh, and and it's, it keeps you up, basically, and focused on the task at hand. And so I'm, I'm assuming that's what a smart drug is. And I forget the name of it, but yeah, it's quite... Ritalin, Ritalin. thank you. It's, it's quite a, an, an issue, <laughs> I think, and, and they're all becoming addicted. She's a voice from beyond the grave. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Tap once for yes, twice for no. <laughs> well, there we are then. Okay. <laughs> but Ritalin only works for six hours, so does Freddie just go back to being a they prank again? They just keep popping them, I think. Okay. Blimey. Mm. I know. And then you see the, re- the kids that actually have ADHD and they're all desperately trying to get off these drugs because of the side effects. And these idiots are going on. Yeah. Ah, so. There you go. Educate and form and entertain. <laughs> Should we do the questions now? Uh, you're not going to talk about Harrison and Fallon? <sighs> <laughs> it was a bit of a... I'm not sure about... The first proposal was basically, will you sign this bank account form? Which was a bit unromantic. <laughs> and then the next one was a denial that he'd ever, that she'd ever proposed to him. I mean, it's slightly offensive to him, really, that she's sort of so desperate not to be seen as somebody who's given in to marry him, I think. You're just jealous anyway, aren't you? Now, gone off a long time ago. Did you? Yeah. Why? 
because 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 Lexi's moved in (laughs) into the the village but no um, let's not embarrass myself any further Um, but what I will say though um, I need to give a bit of a shout out to um, to somebody because I am a little bit starstruck all right just before we go on to uh, speaking to the actors here Um, because you know you know it's voices isn't it we love voices. That's part of the reason why we're in love with this wonderful drama. Yes, yes, yes. And there's been a voice that I've been enamoured with for years. Is it Derek? No, Vicky Cole. <laughs> I met her yesterday for the first yeah! time. She came all the way over from Kenya. She's on her way to Sri Lanka. Not and... just to see you. No, okay. no. She came over with her, with her husband, who's basically James Bond. He see? works for the UN and he does something incredibly dangerous. Now, do you remember that... Um, remember about 10 years ago, there was all the Somali pirate stuff? Yes. <gasps> See, it's, it's, not, pirate. it's not in the news anymore, is it? No. Right, he because he it. sorted it out. That's no. why they're in Kenya. Yeah, that's, the, yeah, that's Mr. Mr. Vicky wow. Cole. Yeah, so... Um, yeah. So uh, it was really nice to meet her yesterday, and I met Catherine, Catherine Rowan Jones, and, <laughs> um, and um, a, a lovely lady who does adult toys. Okay. Yes. We're Dumbly heading into Jolene territory, I think. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But anyway, so we had a tiny little meet-up yesterday. I just wanted to say hello and thank you for them for coming. And it was lovely to meet my lovely Vicky Cole after so long. Whee! Hey. And also, Harriet Carmichael, who plays Shambridges, is here. And we're going to... She's going to talk to us later about her new thing, which is called Glambridges. And Annabelle wants to hear you do her voice in front of her while she talks back <laughs> she's she's got a correction for you and she's yeah notes there's a there's a seriously you're too good <laughs> okay should we crack on with yes questions? i think we should okay. um how are we going to do this exactly so these questions have been uh submitted by our lovely studio audience okay so this question is from Siobhan. Why hang around in a village where your ex-fiancé lives? I call that weird. <laughs> well, yes, Siobhan, it is totally weird. Why the hell would you go back there, having been jilted at the altar in front of the whole village and your best friends betrayed you? But, Siobhan, it's a drama. It's not real life. <laughs> and I thank my lucky stars that it is, because otherwise I wouldn't be here. Um, yeah, and, uh, and let's face it, Kirsty's had the best storyline since she came back. She was pretty dull beforehand, and um, since she's come back, there's been tensions and conflict. And dead fish. And dead fish and cold water and Philip and um, Tom and Tom and more Tom. So, um, yeah, I mean, of course she wouldn't. She'd be mad to. It'd be the worst thing possible. She's not related to anyone in the village. Why would you go back and have an interview for the health club? (laughs) But, um, and especially since she did the worst interview ever (laughs) and managed to get the job. Um, But, you know, it's all about tensions between characters and I'm I'm glad there was quite a lot of them when she came back. So this, you know the the, the raw swimming thing that you were doing when you had to keep... Getting your kit off and splooshing around. Yes, well, someone's mud. written a question here that says... Oh, you've got it, you've got it. Oh, OK. So, was, was that whole storyline just designed? No, no, no. Julia Hansen quite rightly asks, when will you restart open water swimming? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't it go anywhere very, near that river well, at the it moment. It was a very random... Oh, there was a sort of... Uh, I think there was a comment that Kirsty did on New Year's Day, but I, I wasn't in that episode. And then there was the whole... Um, 
Yeah, and I actually quite enjoyed doing my cold water acting. I thought I sort of deserved a bit of an award for that one. I had a few comments about that episode. Uh, so I wouldn't mind doing a bit more of it. But yeah, I think we, it could become um, a weekly Sunday activity for Kirsty. I mean, I wouldn't be complaining about having more cold water, open water swimming episodes. But I've you... no idea is the answer. So Annabelle, Not sure. Maybe next Annabelle you day. talked about um, tension which is the heart of any tension, kind of drama. Yes. Tension, conflict yes. between, between characters. Were we wrong to kind of say, when you moved in with Roy, wasn't there a little bit of, you know, I'm not going to say tension, tension, but there's a little bit of something, wasn't there? Or was it a well, little bit of redirect by the script writers? Because we was, thought and actually, that, yeah. I remember, they moved in together, and so everyone thought, oh, yeah, Kirsty, Roy, going to get together. And we did have, there was a, a Valentine's Day where Roy got a card... And Kirsty got a card, and Roy thought his was from Kirsty, and Kirsty was had this whole "Oh my God, Roy thinks my card is cards from me. It's not from me." Uh. But we never resolved who Kirsty's card was from. They just left that open. Uh-huh. But I don't think so. But now I think I have to say I think Kirsty and Roy are just really nice platonic friends. I don't think there is any tension there. But who knows? Things can change in Ambridge, Lexi. <laughs> just watch it. There's, there's just. Roy and sexual tension. The two, it's, a, it's, it's just, yeah, it's not, not the same sentence, no, is it? It's no. like sexual tension, dustpan and brush. It's just not happening. <laughs> he has got a spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah. Right. Are Becky. we going to go around? Ra- yeah. Oh, okay. Hello. Okay. Hello. <laughs> um, I had uh, a question that was... Um, it was on that one, wasn't it? Uh, from Beyond the Grave, from Jane. From Beyond the Grave... Where do you want to see Jake and Mia live? So who do you want uh, Jake and Mia to live with? <laughs> right. <laughs> Bert Fry, I would say. Uh, from the point of view of the character, I think she would want complete stability for her children. And because of the situation with Andrew before, which was, I think, discussed quite a lot off-air, but not a lot on-air, that there was a that his behaviour early on in their relationship wasn't great and that the, the kids had stayed with her. And I think with, with the way things had panned out and with, obviously, my very sudden death, I think she'd want stability for them. I think she, she would want him to be involved, Andrew to be involved and to see them and to have access and to be present in their lives. But Will was the man who took on the responsibility and I think she'd want them to stay and those two men to actually kind of just deal with it and actually put their own feelings aside for the sake of those kids who also have a half-sister in Poppy. So I think for Nick, it would be about keeping things constant for her children, which is the, you know, I think that's what, that's what Nick would have wanted. <laughs> Becky, Becky did say earlier that, that having to work with the sound recording of Georgie was driving her absolutely bonkers. So oh, no, they used, they used to play it on repeat over and over um, when he was very small just to wind me up and I'd be like you know on the, on the cusp <laughs> but yeah no he um, the sound recording wasn't great so I hope when they bring the young man in he's um, I'm sure he'll be lovely but that but the, the constant moaning oh god <laughs> okay, but that would be that was yeah that was the answer to that one I know uh, we talked about this a couple of months ago on the Dum Dum Extra yeah um, but I think I should ask you the question again for people that haven't signed up uh, for the extra Dum Dum content. But how did you feel when you got the storyline that you were going to be written out? Uh, you know, as an actor, you know, forget you as the character. Yeah. You know, how do you how do you deal with that? 
Well, you just kind of, you get the call, and um, of course it's really gutting, and you, you kind of go, it's part of your life, it's been something that's been, you know, it's been 11 years of my life off and on, and I've been part of a very big company for a long time. So of course you're sad to let it go, but when they talked about the storyline and how it was going to pan out, and then you start to think about the possible re- repercussions, and then in researching it, and also talking to people about it, it's a double-edged sword, because you go... What a great storyline! What an amazing, you know, what an amazing cause to wa- to raise awareness for, which is really not very well known about. And I will bang on later about it. Um, but to be trusted with it, and to be trusted to do it on air, for somebody to say, for a show like The Archers, we trust you to deliver this with authenticity and reality, and this will matter in a way. And to have that platform, I think, is quite amazing in your career. And so, for that, I'm very grateful. Um, but also very sad to leave. So, you know, both. But, yeah, I'd be very naive if I thought that my job was going to last forever. So on that case, I got. I was saying to the guys before, I was... Peggy's last forever. Huh? Peggy's last forever. That's true, but she's, 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 she's immortal. <laughs> and, and part robot. <laughs> Joking. No. Uh, the other thing is, my, my, my arrival in Ambridge is very surprising. I was only supposed to... My character was only to be in for a couple, of, a couple of months, I was told at the beginning. So as surprising as my arrival was... So was my departure, is what I'd say. So thank you to everybody, and thank you for listening, and uh, thank you for engaging and caring about Nick the way the way people have. So, you know, I hope I made a real for you. That's all. <laughs> um, how about you, Annie? If I have a question for you for Le- for our Lexi. Okay, the th- first question is from Steve Smith, and he says, "Why." Just why? <laughs> and then in brackets, are you doing it? <laughs> I'm assuming you're talking about the surrogacy. <laughs> um, no, this show, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know with the Archers fans. Um, uh, yeah, uh, there's numerous reasons. I think we discussed this a bit didn't mm-hmm. we, when we did an interview. Yeah. Uh, when this came as a surprise to me, I mean, the, I think to everyone on the show, like, what? <laughs> really? Okay. Um, and then I sort of had to sit and think about why women become surrogates for other people. So I looked it up, and there are unbelievable stories of women who just feel this sort of huge empathy towards couples that can't have children. That may not be the only reason, because you don't get paid for it. It's illegal to get paid for it. I think Lexi's getting expenses only. Um, uh, yeah, and, and fed by Jenny <laughs> loads, um, fattened up. Um, uh, I can, uh, you know, there was a there was a, an episode where I think Lexi was talking about. I, I just, I really want to see you happy. I know how much this means to you. You know, she befriended Ian first, I think. Um, and and I can only, we still don't know where it's going. By the way, do we? I mean, yeah. she didn't get pregnant the first Ooh. time. Um, she could change her mind. Um, I, I can only think that it, it's as much for them as as for her and potentially maybe bringing her children over or uh, and being able to stay somewhere with someone that she's found and loves. I know you all find that weird. That <laughs> 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 There's a Roy question in here somewhere. Um, yeah, so I think that, you know, those are sort of the reasons why at this point and she really wants to help people. I know that also annoys people. <laughs> Some of the tweeters are like, oh, my God, St. Lexi. Um, but, you know, that's 
what she's chosen. I, I find it unbelievable because I'm not particularly a girl that wants children, a woman that wants children. I, not that I don't like children, I love them, they're just not for me. But, but I had to look at it and they're, they're women that exist that will do this for others purely because they really want to help other people. When you came on to the Archers, mm-hmm. right, there was a certain amount of speculation about, about your accent. <laughs> Right, and you were somewhat <laughs> combative with people online. Yes. So I think you have to uh, tell the uh, assembled dumdy dummers exactly what uh, what your origin story is, what your superhero story is, and the reason why um, actually the accent that you're given is actually um, quite authentic. Well, I'm not Bulgarian, but my family are Polish. I'm first generation English, so both my parents were born. Well, my mum was actually born in a German refugee camp after the war, and her family were Polish. Her father was in Dachau. Uh, and my father came over here when he was 21. Uh, so they're fully, fully Eastern European. I grew up, my first language was Polish, went to Polish school in Wilsdon Green. Um, uh, so that's my Eastern European background. Now, when they, the archers contacted me about playing a Bulgarian, the biggest debate was how far do we go with an accent? Because if you listen to the woman that I based the accent on, I mean, I remember when Hugh, Hugh was editor at the time and there was no, we were like, well, no one, was, no one would understand me if I went that far. <laughs> with would be like, what? Because she's really, she's been here 10 years. She had, and the reason I chose her was because she had English speaking lessons with her friend. Yeah. And that's how she's learned. Um, but her accent is really strong. And it's a very, it's a, it's, I don't think you can please anyone. And everyone it's rather one, it's it? because, it, yeah because obviously a character like Lexi who came in I mean my husband's Spanish he's been here for 10 years and Lexi spoke speaks better better yeah. English than he did she spoke better English than yeah. my husband does after two weeks yeah, yeah, of lessons yeah. with Kirsty <laughs> drama no offence to my husband <laughs> but the, the thing is if you're going to be a regular character you can't have someone speaking horrendous English no. the whole time you just got to listen to it so that they give yeah, they Lexi. suddenly give Lexi the most amazing <laughs> vocabulary and grammar but with the strongest accent but it works that's the way it it's got to be now yeah so. and I think listen I, I heard I heard in the green room that even actors that are genuinely from the places they're from. Oh, yeah, no, we, we, we all they've it. all been ribbed. Yeah, no, we all yeah. even though yeah. they are genuinely oh, northern yeah. or so. Yeah. I yeah, yeah, don't yeah. think you're mm. ever gonna, no matter what you do, whether you're you're damned if you do, you're damned if you yeah, don't. Exactly. Um, um, so I I do my best. I keep listening to this woman. If I <laughs> if I rolled my R's like her, Kerry Warbis would absolutely just <laughs> stop listening altogether. I know she finds my R's horrendous, but I could I'll say I can tweet I the link. Quite like your R's actually. <laughs> Um, um, so yeah, it's hardcore, but you know, you learn to, it's tough at the beginning because you want, you want the fans to sort of take you in mm. yeah. and, and not, you know, yeah, but we hate them. everybody when they're I new. know, but that's Everyone's what, but, like, oh, I, no, but no. I had to and learn that, but I had to learn that and it's part yeah. of the beauty of you guys. And I mean, the tweet along has me in stitches and you know sometimes I mean we were laughing during your speech and we know we maybe shouldn't be laughing because <laughs> I, had, you know, I had death threats when I started as next you did not yeah, yeah I'd be alright online on the old mustard land board and stuff I used to get like people wanted to kill me because they hated me so much oh my, oh my word, word. I know. <laughs> but you get like crazy stuff yeah yeah that's people get insane. very kind of like and it is a lot it happens to everybody I think everybody who comes into the show you do get a lot of flack because it's change, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's something new and it's something disruptive. Becky, Dundum yeah. is a safe space. Is it? No crazy. I stopped all the crazies at the front door. Hi, my name's Becky and I used to be in the Archers. <laughs> <laughs>
Can I have a donut? <laughs> uh, you got another question there, Annabelle. I have. Um, Christine Armstrong says, when Tom jilted you at the altar, were you afraid of being permanently written out? And the answer is yes, I was. <laughs> it was all very weird because myself and the old Tom, who was Tom, called Tom in real life, uh, you know, went on for so long, the whole wedding prep and all the episodes up to the wedding. And we used to chat and be asking the directors in the studio, oh, where are we going to live? And where are Tom and Kirsty going to go on their honeymoon? And people would just go bright red and start going... <laughs> and we thought, something weird's going on here. Something weird is going on. And I, I, mean, I remember we went out for a drink one night and I said, I don't think this wedding's going to happen. It's not going to happen. That Nobody's looking at... People can't make, look me in the eye. No one's talking about where, what's going to happen. And uh, I said, I think they're going to kill Kirsty off. I think something's going to happen or she's going to... I don't know, she's going to have an accident on the way to the wedding or something. And then we got the phone call telling us it wasn't going to happen. And the first thing we were told was that um, it's going to be an amazing week. It's all going to be about you. <laughs> You're going to lead the story. Um, but then you won't be heard for at least six months. Yeah, I got um, that and I died. Oh, God. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and we were both told this. And, um, and I was told, well, we, the intention is to bring Kirsty back. But you just never know. So... You know, I did my big wedding week, big wailing wedding week, and um, and then that was it. And fortunately, I was brought back. But yeah, I thought, you know, no reason to bring her back. So yeah, it was a bit of a funny one. But I just thought, you know, like Nick said, um, like Becky said, you don't know. You know, we're used to doing jobs, acting jobs that can last one day, two days, a two-month theatre job. So, you know, it's a real luxury to be in something as long as this. So... Again, I sort of thought if it was my time to go, at least I'd gone out on a big storyline, you know. You just didn't go out for milk I just and different I'm sorry, like, I hear. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this has been asked twice, which is slightly disturbing. <laughs> if the writers gave you carte blanche to kill off any of the characters, <laughs> who would you choose and why? Well, I had a theory about Nick. That's probably not the, probably the answer people are going for. But I used to think that sometimes Nick sailed really close to the edge, that one day she might actually snap. And in the, I think in the, certainly in my final scenes with Emma and the bull, me and uh, Emerald sat down and just went, oh, should we just go for it? Should we just like, I'm a proper fishwifey Barney? And we did. And I always had this theory that Nick was really sometimes pushed, really to her limits by people who were judging her and... I think she came from quite a broken background and had some, some real emotional damage as a kid. So probably I'd be there, get the guns out and kill them all. <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> I'd like to change wow. places. <laughs> and I've come to support group, please. I've come to emotional support. Well, you, you almost did Matt Crawford anyway, almost. Yeah, almost. almost. <laughs> if you just backed up again, you'd not quite. Should have reversed him. <laughs> um, Anya. Um, okay, this one is from Dusty Substances. He's <laughs> great names. Um, Lexi, best technique: Roy or the turkey baster? <laughs> <laughs> That's genius. <laughs> uh, I would probably say, as Lexi, the turkey baster. <laughs> Because at least she can control that <laughs> herself. <laughs> um, that's the answer to that one. <laughs> oh, there's questions on. There's, there's, I've got 
some more Lexi ones. Lexi, we love hearing about your cooking, but what is your favourite English dish, and can it be cooked in a caravan? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I, I thought Lexi, and, I thought there was any sex in a caravan. <laughs> what is, is it Benitza? Benitza? Yes. yes. And what is Benitza? It's like a, it, it's, there's a, it, there's variations of it. So it's like a, a sort of a pastry um, that can be filled with various things. I think the traditional way is actually with cheese. But if it, it, certainly where I'm from in Poland, very much lots of desserts are filled with cheese and you know sweet things as well. Um, so yeah, it has to be baked. Um, but my favourite, Eng- but Lexi's favourite English dish, probably a good old roast. Oh. Good old roast, roast beef or roast chicken, any of the roasts, lamb. Yeah, mint, <laughs> bit of mint. I'm not sure that can be picked in a caravan. Dish, yeah, <laughs> this is my favourite dish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not sure it could be cooked in a caravan. No. Do you? Th- do you- I know you can't tell us, but yeah, go on. I'm going to ask you anyway, so you can tell me that you can't tell me. Um, it, do we? Are we ever going to meet Violetta and the other one? Oh God, I don't know. I actually don't know. I hope so. But, I mean, wouldn't that get them going with the accents? <laughs> <laughs> Two um, teenage kids putting on Bulgarian accents. Yeah. I think we'd probably have to hire the real deal for that, wouldn't we? Like, the very real deal. Mm. The absolute, let's get them on a plane over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, we could be in trouble. Um, I hope so. I hope so, yeah. And then they'll then two years time they'll go off to university anyway. So it's weird. I mean I'm I I don't know how old you are in real life. Yes, but you are a lot younger. <laughs> you are a lot younger than Lexi sounds. Oh really? I think yeah. Do and I not sound? You similar, don't like... look as if you could have two teenage children. I'm thirty nine. No. So I could have two teenage children definitely. Wow. Yeah. I'm forty next year. I'm forty. Yeah. Are yeah. You? See, look. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I am. really old. Nick, Nick was 37, I'm 40. So for the sounding like a 12-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> All that time. Do you know what's weird? The lady that's playing your mum. Beverly, yeah. yeah she does your, your voice really well. Yeah, yes. she does. She's good, isn't yes. she? That's amazing. She's from the middle. We're from the Midlands, so... Um, yeah, Nick's accent was um, very loosely based in the East Midlands, so around Nottingham, but very light. But somebody sort of moved around. So that's why you've got the int it, don't it, won't it, and all that. So, yeah. <laughs> but no, I think, Ali, Ali, um, I think uh, Alison Belvin's doing a fab job. Really good job. Yeah. Um, so uh, Miss Dowler. Okay. Um, I'm going to combine two. Okay, so Dusty's back, Dusty Substances, with <laughs> Philip, really, will you, have you, again? Um, and then also Ben, oh, no, sorry, Bev Markham says... How would you like the romance with Philip to develop? Well, I definitely think they have. Um, and I think they will do again. Um, but I don't know. I mean, we don't really know enough about Philip and Kirsty yet. Clearly, I don't want it to all be plain sailing. I like the idea secretly, <laughs> though I've not planted this with any of the writers yet. But we know that Philip has a son. And Philip is quite a lot older than Kirsty. So by my calculations, Philip's son might just be a little bit of a sexy toy boy coming Kirsty Miller's way. I don't know. I thought that could be interesting. Let's set up a nice little triangle there, see what happens. It's got, I've got to throw something into the, 
into the Philip Kirsty bird watching hive. This, yeah, it's my real life. I'm married with two children. I need some excitement for my alter ego. Sorry, Roy, Phil could put you in touch with somebody who's making, uh, was it adult toys? toys yeah. Oh, yes. 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 So good. Um, well, <laughs> I, I don't know if it's turkey bases, but it's definitely saucy toys. Saucy well, there you go. Toys. So, you know, maybe Philip needs a bit of that, you know, to offer. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know what, what I do people think of Philip? That, I get the impression that Philip can like handle himself in the bedroom department. He seems quite self-assured. Well, he's experienced, unlike most men in Ambridge. It's yes. usually the self-assured ones that he's are confident. rubbish, aren't they? It's the really? quiet ones you got to watch for. Yeah. yeah. Oh, all right. uh, that's my theory anyway I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I don't think she's fallen in love with him yet let's put it that way so interesting you know when we when we go around the, when we go around the table and we ask specifically like you um, Anya and then you um, uh, Annabelle uh, specifically about future storylines you, you don't know no you know um, you're as much in the dark as us so and, and, the, and the writers don't know a lot no. of the time they're yeah. still they just like to hear things pan out a bit so it, just just give the audience an idea of you know when do you actually get a script so so, so I know you, you have like an outline of what the character is when, when you come in but then when do you get a specific script and then when do you then do you deliver that how what, what is the time well I didn't even really two? get an outline I was just told <laughs> you're Tom Archer's new girlfriend you've been mentioned a few times but you've never been on air and that was it there was no sort of characteristics or personality description so you just sort of go with what you've got, you then you make it your own, and I suppose mm. it's inevitable that you have bits of your own personality or you try and you see a little sign of something and try and push that. So I suppose I tried to make Kirsty a bit feistier, otherwise it all just gets a little bit <laughs> And we only get the we only get the, the scripts maybe three days before yeah. we, we start recording yeah. a block. So yes, yeah, so, so I'm recording really next know. Sunday, which is the first day of the next block, yeah. and I still haven't got my scripts. This yeah. Sunday. Where are we? Monday. Yes, yeah, so I'm recording on Sunday, so I'll probably get the scripts on Thursday. Uh yeah. so we yeah. have no idea. You no mm. no idea. No idea. No. So we all you right. don't it's all you're very much kept in the dark and you try and you try and squeeze a bit of information out of some of the directors while you're up there, but a lot of them are freelance and they only know the scripts they're actually directing that yeah. week. So, uh, yeah, people keep things very Becky, close to their chest. Becky, how much notice did you have that you were dying? Uh, I found out in November, um, but I didn't, again, get my scripts. I was recording in... Nick's death was recorded in January. I got my scripts in, you know, a few days before I recorded them. Um, and, yeah, and, right, you know, some of the directors didn't know, so people I've worked with for years and different things... I was getting text messages with them getting their scripts going, Bex, going on? <laughs> um, Why am I at your funeral? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a, but there is a lot of that, and we, we genuinely don't know. We, we have ideas. Sometimes you'll get maybe a tiny tidbit of where something's going, but often none of us know the full story, and certainly lots of the cast didn't know. I mean, I saw Annabelle the week I was dying, and she had no idea what was going on. Because also, because we're not always time. in, and we're not in. We don't episodes, see each other all the time. So, uh, so you know, yeah. and you don't get, get you only get given the scripts you're, you're in. So you do, and you don't even get a sort of summary of the month's events. So you know nothing. You know, no. You're like, wait, what's going on with you? And Who? and then and then I didn't uh, like I didn't even know Lexi. It hadn't worked the first time the surrogacy because I wasn't in the episode oh, yeah. where yeah. they said so. I was going in and recording, going, oh, I wonder whether she'll get pregnant or not. And I was like, oh no no no. And I'm like, what? Yeah, and they're like, no, no, no. It's a fir- the, the first tenants failed, so I didn't even know that. I was like, they all knew, and I didn't. I was happily going along, like it was all going to happen. So, but you get told enough that you can relate to the character that you're talking to. Well, you you, you have to ask questions. Yeah, yeah. Ask, so sometimes yeah. we'll get something, and they'll get, some reference will be made to something you've said, 
and uh, you won't necessarily know what it is. So we'll have to contextualise sometimes. I'm like, oh, is that yeah. about such and such that said this? Oh, no, because often we're mentioned a lot when we're not there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So things will happen and you will have said or done something your character hasn't actually had lines for. So you will have had an opinion, you just don't know that you have by the time... And in that lag time <laughs> between broadcast and then recording, if it's in that those weeks, we have yeah. to kind of go... Um, why What's am I angry happened? about potatoes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's how it works. It's, kind of it's just made me realise how much, sub- as a listening, as listeners, how much subtext we put into all mm. the when we think, oh, well, she said that because, of it. and they have no idea. <laughs> so this is all. I us, mean, isn't but it? we well, not necessarily because I think they they have. The, the producers have some sort of idea of where certain things are heading. So it's not necessarily that your subtext is wrong. Um, you might be on in- inklings, you know. That, that, that Do you ever listen to our plot predictions or read the Twitter Sometimes. feed? Oh, I read think, the Twitter feed all the time. And, and <laughs> think, oh, they've got that right, or, ooh, no, oh, I, that's I a read, good idea, no, I wish that I would read, Yes, I read, and more that. Like, oh, oh, I didn't think of that. That would yeah. be good. Or, oh, God, no, I hope that doesn't. You know, I'm totally <laughs> like that. But the, some of the ideas are brilliant. And then some of them do, ha- like, happen. I do think one week a year they should let the listeners write the plot. Oh, do I, yeah. you know what? I agree. I think it would be hilarious. Shula would be dead. Although, they t- <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say you'd have to have By some Monday sort of evening. contract oh, no. yeah, saying you're could not you allowed like, to kill anyone. Do you, like, you like the Purge, yeah. Ambridge edition? Yeah. Yeah. You have 24 hours. Yes. <laughs> All crimes are legal. <laughs> have you got another question over there, Becky? Yeah, um... It's a really simple one with a really, really short answer. This is from Julia. Nick, should Will be teaching Jake to use a gun? No. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, okay, I've got one from Asha, uh, Magic at Mungo's. Um, Roy is a very safe option. <clears throat> Did Lexi start seeing him because there was a spark or because he was there? Uh, um, will the surrogacy impact them any chance of her girls coming over okay so we've talked about the girls yeah. I don't know is, is the answer there is a chance of course I hope so um, I think the surrogacy will, will impact Roy I mean it's impacted him already massively rightly so uh, the way Lexi's carrying on I'm sure she'll just sort of gloss over it and be like no it's all fine it's all great um and did Lexi start seeing him because there was a spark or because he was there? I think, I think it was because there was a spark. <laughs> I don't think he's the only man in Ambridge, is he? Kirsty, so. because Kirsty orchestrated it yes, all. Yes, Kirsty did orchestrate it's it's all. Down to Kirsty. Yeah, so so actually, maybe the questions to be of always that are directed to Lexi. Why with Roy should be directed yes, to it's your fault. Yeah, yes. I know. But she goes, well, Kirsty was the one who knew Lexi most, and I think she yeah. just thought they'd be good together. And yeah, she's had enough of the Roy spreadsheet. She was <laughs> direct action needs to happen now. I know. Um, so. I think it's because there was a spark. There was definitely some lovely episodes at the beginning where they were really sparking. We got some in lovely the caravan thi- <laughs> with Jennifer. Well, with no trousers on. Yeah, yeah. that was funny. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. the sparks went from propane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we got some really good feedback from those early episodes at the airport. You know, yeah. all that drama and romance, and so yeah, I think she'd have to see something in him. Mm. Even though the rest of us find no, it. No, I know. I like Roy. I don't know if oh, I know. But it's like everyone He's... goes on about, like, really, that like, goes for Jenny in the, in the, and I love Jenny. 
I think she's brilliant. I just love her. She I think there's a lot of listeners want to be Jenny. Uh, ah, without okay. infidelity from the husband, but yeah. you, know, uh, you know, jealous of jelly times. <laughs> jelly, <laughs> jelly. <laughs> Hashtag jealous of jelly. <laughs> <laughs> she's got some corkers. Corkers, love her. Repeat, there's something sinister about an avocado in December. Apparently one of Jenny's classic lines. That's quite sexy. The way you said it. Horny. <laughs> um, Annabelle, have you got another question? Um, are, you, are you done? I have one question one here more. from Julia Hansen. Do you envisage ever having to repeat that gut-wrenching scream from the wedding oh. scene? No, I do not. <laughs> I actually think it gave me a polyp, and I joke you not. <laughs> Seriously, I had a polyp. I was going to have to have surgery. I, no, I seriously was. Because I got the script and it said she lets out an animalistic what? wail. Is this when she was jilted? When she was jilted, yeah. yeah. And it's not the sort of thing you can rehearse at home with two kids and neighbours <laughs> through a, you know, a very thin adjoining wall. Um, so this I just. Dowlers at it again. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I just sort of had to go for it. And. Um, and, you know, it's not when you're doing an animalistic whale, you're not really thinking of your diaphragm and all that. And I, I had to do loads of times, loads of oh, no. wild tracks. It was like, oh, I can't do it now, I can't repeat it. But um, I did probably years of doing theatre and drinking <laughs> in the bar after doing shows as well and caused this polyp. But I think the animalistic whale sort of made it a bit bigger. <laughs> I don't know. I seriously, anyway, it's sort of gone now, but it did make my, my voice really husky afterwards. Um, so no, How many takes did you have to do of that scream? Well, I did about seven of the. Really? Just, well, I did what? Like we did the scene twice with the scream on it, and then I had to do seven of just the whale because they had to mix it in with uh, Eddie and Joe in the congregation. You know. What are you going to do now then? Yeah. Well, isn't it? Where are we going to get our yeah, dinner now, or yeah. something like that? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't want to have to do that again. But, um, but Roy Fields has reminded me of it by mixing it in some terrible music track he did. It's actually the most <laughs> awful. No, Roy Field. It was the most, most terrifying thing I've heard. Roy Field mixed Kirsty's scream combined with some of the lines. But, but he's, he's, he's well, I, I don't know how to describe it, Roy Fields. I don't know what you did, well, but. What I was going for really was like like a, a nineteen <laughs> like nineteen ninety black box kind of like vibe. Wow, you know, and Jesus. it was like it was it was Set so people oh running God. for that I line. I really want to hear this. There's a lot of skill involved in mixing it, but it's not what I would have chosen. Oh my God, this could be the new theme. Tune. Can you do a dubstep version? <laughs> yeah, actually, the first one actually was. Was it? The first one actually was. It was this dark, and it was called. Uh, Joe and Eddie misses their dinner dubstep version or something, something really silly. And it was incredibly dark. And, but it was too, too apt. So basically putting it with some happy house, crappy music with the guttural wail. When we first met each other at the Dum Dum Awards and you went, you're the guy that did that and whatever. And the, yeah. the look on your eyes and stuff, it was, I cannot, it was lovely <laughs> and stuff. So, yeah. We, we had a moment. Is it available on we cassette? Did. Uh, it's available on download on SoundCloud. Okay. But I'll give you the link. I'll give oh. you the link. It's on my mix on my mixtape. Um, anyway, have you got um, a question? Can I get repeat fees for that? Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, this is a slightly loaded question. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's from Eileen. If you could come back to life, would you stay married to the dreadful Will? <laughs> kind of know what you think. <laughs> uh, as Nick, of course she's going to stay married to him. He's her stability and things, but I do understand from the outside how sometimes you just go, why? 
why does she stay? Um, but no, of course she would. Um, he's been he's been really good to her, and she, for that for, for for Nick, he's a great um, great source of stability. Um, and I think sometimes outside, as we know, you look at your mates' relationships, you look at other people's relationships, and you don't understand them. But for them, it worked. So of course she'd stay with him. Would she be twiddling in her grave at the idea of Will and Emma getting back together? I think that's always been a bone of contention. I think that's quite real, actually, and that was something we spoke about. I mean, Emma, um, Emerald used to talk about quite a lot. Was was Nick second best? Mm. Um, and I think, I think in some ways, I think she felt she was, and, and Emma at times certainly treated her that way. And I don't think she deserved that. Um, but I think Nick and Will's relationship was one that became steadier and gave gave that woman things that she couldn't get anywhere else and that she desperately needed. And I know I've always I've saying I've said in other interviews, I think Nick came from quite a broken background and had was lacking in self esteem, was quite was quite. Um, abused in some ways and was and was somebody who just wanted to be liked and wanted a good life and wanted things better for her kids than she ever had them had for herself and I think sometimes that was misunderstood and she was clumsy and sometimes too sweet and saccharine but she was trying so hard all the time and I think underneath that I think sometimes you know there was that streak that came out and that temper because she was damaged and because it would just bubble to the surface every now and again and you just get that you know that real street survival streak i think that was underneath everything and i think there was there was that you, you survival you definitely saw that in the, the argument in, yeah, in, yeah in the bull didn't she'd you? been ground down for yeah. such a, that wasn't just about the the bull it wasn't about what had happened that was years of just taking it mm. so as an actor which scene was more challenging or more satisfying maybe is a better question um you dying with with Joe and you know and the poignancy that you have to put into that or just letting rip and having that the, all, you see, all on Barney uh, because also we were quite careful because at that time of course we knew Nick was dying um, or some people did uh, and of course and I was asked I think it was by Royfield actually but I asked another interview as well you know do you was there anything you changed knowing that you were going to die and I think the only thing that we really decided was I think I wouldn't have put my foot quite as hard on the gas in that argument I think because it was the last one, I wanted it to be a good one just for all of the things that Emma had ever said when Nick just went, okay, fine. Yeah, great. Um, the final scenes were horrific to record um, because you're, you're trying to make it real. And actually, the, the final scene that actually went to air is actually quite heavily edited. The original was much longer. And uh, Julie Beckett, who directed it, said we cut it because none of us could listen to it. Um, and it was, it was, it was all, and we had to do it a number of times because you have to for various reasons a number of times to get the right right sounds. And you know, it's it, you know personally, it's also you can't have your personal feelings involved. Of course, you know it's your last day, whatever. Um, but you know, I was emulating the research that you do, trying to make it real, and also it brings back memories of times when you've been with somebody when you've been there in somebody's final moments and you are you know and you're carrying the stories for lots of people who genuinely have been in those circumstances who you know my experience wasn't with sepsis um but thousands of people's are you know people have had that experience in real life and you have to try and do justice to it and you have to make it real as real as you can because otherwise you you don't you don't serve those people and you don't 
you don't do it justice for them, and that would be an awful thing to do. So those, I mean, it was nerve-wracking, and it was sad, but also you want to you want to do a good job for those people for whom it's not a fiction, and it's, mm. it's very real. Do you want to tell us about your walk that you're doing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Because um, of what happened with Nick, and, um, and also lots and lots of people have written their real, genuine stories online. I've also been in contact with the Sepsis Trust, and it turns out that uh, there are a number of people who listen to the broadcast on the Today Show and also to Nick Story who have been directly affected and have taken action on that basis and have sought help. And people have survived because of what wow. happened. Um, I can't go into specific details because it's, it's anonymous, but I was um, told that it has genuinely made a difference. And I feel it's the right thing to do is to carry on with that. So in conjunction with the Sepsis Trust, I'm walking 50 kilometres on the Thames Path Challenge for the Sepsis Trust in September um, with a midwife from King's College uh, who also deals with traumatic birth and has um, been engaged with uh, lots of women um, and treated lots of women with sepsis. So I brought a lot of cards with me today. It's got my, you, uh, my fundraising page on. There'll be lots of information online. If you want to join me or if you want to come and say hello on the day, I'll show you my route. Come along, have a chat, bring me a banana because I'll need it. Um, but I am walking 50k for the Sepsis Trust in September because it's a small charity and people don't know. I knew what sepsis was. I did not know how quickly it can kill you. So your support would be massively appreciated. Thank you. All right, and I think we have another one for our, for our Anya, for our Lexi. Uh, Jojo Sexy Heels. <laughs> I want to see your sexy heels. Ah, hi. Sexy heels. (laughs) Ow. Do you think you will be the nanny for the Grundy children? Or do you think there would be fireworks regarding child rearing, especially with Jake, who would clearly have a crush on you? Oh God, I'd love to see her as the nanny. Actually, yeah, I think I think there Hand should the be some cradle. Really, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah really I idea, think though. it's a great idea. I think we need some fireworks there. Yeah, for yeah, sure. You'd, you'd be doing it wrong in Emma's eyes all the time. Yeah, can you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine. Oh, <laughs> and I'm not there to protect you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm liking this. I might keep this question. Just keep hand it, keep it, it, it to them like, when I go up there next. Under, under. Um, I I don't know whether it will, but it's a brilliant idea. So I think we need I think we need to maybe get away from the surrogacy for a bit and do something else. Yes. <laughs> um, Derek, I believe the question was posed to you, sir. Uh, that's true. Um, the question f- uh, from Rob from Southgate to Derek says, "Is Will Grundy human?" <laughs> now, if I've been asked this a while until recently, obviously the answer is no. But a few weeks ago, I had the great um, fortune to sit in on a day's recording of The Archers, and Will was one of the actors playing. And there was something about seeing Philip act Will and the way he moved while he was playing his part completely changed how I saw the character. He came across as vulnerable and human, and I see him completely differently as a result of seeing him play the part. It was really strange. It was the time... So Nick died. The, uh, the episode's been broadcast now, so we can talk about it. Alison Stedman has... I think it was Alison Stedman's first episode. Um, and so she was in it, and lots of others were in it. But it was, there's something about the way that he moves while he's playing his part with his script in hand that just made me see him in a different way. There was a bit... He came through a door carrying um, boxes where he'd been shopping to get games. 
and, oh, yeah. and, and there was something about Clary's going to make special pizza. But he just seemed really vulnerable, and I really connected with him in a way that I hadn't just from hearing, hearing him on the radio. Crumbs. Is that the first time in 223 episodes you actually heard the voice of Derek? It is, and it's the first time ever Derek Fletcher has genuinely spoken. Yes. It's very exciting. That was all pretty good stuff, wasn't it? It was. Can we get Harriet up here as well? Because she needs to talk about Glambridges. And anyway, I want you to do it in Annabelle's does, does voice. It, does, everybody, does everybody know um, Harriet and, and Sandbridge? Yes? No? Well, for, for those that don't, cause I did see somebody uh, shake their head. Um, Harriet does um, a parody version of the archers called Sandwiches because she has... Not Sandwiches, Shambridges. Can we call it Sandwiches now? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, Harriet absolutely brilliant. So good. She absolutely yeah, is. So she... Unbelievable. I'm just going to say this because she's... <laughs> never been so because I have... I have, uh, I'm not a real Twitter person, but whenever I see that you tweet your latest, when I listen, because the amount of female voices in the arches and the amount that you managed to do so amazing, absolutely, yeah, yeah. unbelievable. Really, you all need to listen to yeah, it if you don't already. Agreed. Thank you. That's very kind. <laughs> Got to get close. Um, no, just thank you very much. And uh, it's been really interesting listening to all that. I was fascinated. So thank you. That's brilliant. Um, shall I quickly mention? Yes. Yep. Okay. Plug away. Um, well, for those of you who are kind enough to listen to my Shambridge stuff, and I'm very, very grateful for all the listens and the retweets. And honestly, I wouldn't do it um, without those. So thank you very, very much. Just quickly, this weekend, I've got a very talented friend called Naomi McDonald, who you might have... I know her. Yeah, yeah, of course you do. <laughs> I know her. She, isn't she brilliant? She's brilliant. She's, She's amazing. Brilliant. Yeah, so I've been... I've been, we've been writing some stuff together and I eventually got her around and we recorded a thing called Glambridge, which is um, a tale of celebrity folk in a fictional village uh, <laughs> called Glambridge. And it's just a little taster, um, but we'd be really grateful for any listens or shares um, just because it's something that we're, we're experimenting with at the moment. So any... Um, listens would go down very well i'll tell you what we'll Derek. do last week i put on one of my other podcasts on the feed just for a couple of days and i was going to do one of lucy's walkie talkies next oh. week but we'll do a glambridge as well oh thanks so all the dum dum listeners can oh. actually listen and then we'll say to well, them very clearly to it first <laughs> is it sweary <laughs> and we'll just tell everybody where that's down yes it's sexy but, be- but before you go you have to do the three actors around the table oh, yeah. <laughs> Embarrassing because it's like Lucy said when you're doing it in your own you can't do it now. Do it now. Oh, it's just do it now. Do it now. Um, Okay, well, hang on. When I'm when I'm kind of channeling Kirsty, I have to (laughs) shut my eyes and say sausages and Tom. (laughs) No, um, you know, because she, uh, I just sort of make it a bit lower and um, the intonation is a bit different, obviously, but. Um, I found Kirsty really hard to do at first, and then I... It's not, not, not as good as when I do it on my own. Um, <laughs> with her sitting next to me, it's a little bit embarrassing. Um, <laughs> but I love doing Kirsty because she's feisty, and, you know, she loves talking about Tom. And, <laughs> but I know she's got a few notes for me, so... <laughs> No, because when my friends have tried to imitate me in the past, 
They always think, they always sort of go, oh, I'm Annabelle Dowler. And I say, no, 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 I'm not Scouse. I'm from Formby, not Liverpool. And you get it so right because you don't do it really Scouse. But I'm, I've realised that I do this thing and I've only realised from listening to you where I overemphasise every word I'm saying. And that is what you get so well. The only thing, and I've heard, and if you get this, then you've got me totally, is that uh, being from the outskirts of Liverpool, I never said, like, up, uh, mum. Uh, I actually, because my parents didn't have a Scouse accent, used to say up and mum, and then sort of got the piss taken out of me from, at school. So I tried to sound a bit more Liverpool, but could never quite go in the playground, my mum says. So I ended up sort of going, my mum says. So I do this really weird uh sound where I don't go mum, and I don't go mum, I go mum, and I say money. And that's why often I get asked actually if I'm Welsh, because I do that sort of money, mum thing. But that's the thing. So Kirsty actually doesn't say love ever. She says love, love. But honestly, the intonation has never been got so good. I love the notes. Can you one down? One down, two to go. Well, I did Lexi once, and I just did, and it was brilliant. Yeah, I just did a generic Eastern European. Um, oh, what did I say? Um, well, obviously, because uh, you have quite a low voice as well. And uh, um, Roy, I just think it was, uh, how do you say, um, uh, sausages? And, okay, no, I can't do it. I, can't do I, I think I just did a very generic kind of thing and rolled my R's a bit. And, uh, <laughs> um, no, I, I, I don't want to do Lexi. <laughs> do, 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 do Nick. Come on, you're oh, good at Nick. And Nick, um, oh, what was I saying for to get Nick? Um, there's no point um, giving you notes, is there? No, well, <laughs> the thing is, I know Becky anyway, and I know she doesn't really, really sound as much like Nick as Nick does. Um, uh, oh, gosh, what was I saying for Nick? Um, it was just, you know, it's sort of a bit like, um, you know, she's very, quite softly spoken, and it was like, um, come on, Joe, and, um, you know, come on, Will, no. <laughs> hey! Right then. Now we've uh, successfully embarrassed Harriet. Oh, we, we, we have, we have, we have. But you know what's quite apt? To go into an ad break with a plug. Yeah. Right, so should we do that then? Yeah. All right then. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oh, I love those ads. They're awesome, <laughs> weren't they? Um, Luce, before yeah. we go on to the social media stuff, right, you know what we haven't had much of recently? What? Dogs. Dumdy dogs, dumdy mogs. Yep. And I just think, being as we've got this, this storyline, trying yep. out new dogs, because yep. I'm not a dog person, mm-hmm. I've always thought of a dog being kind of like head on. Like you see the, you see the front... But, but what, you mean Linda's we, obsession with its arse? Yes. Shall we, shall we get our listeners actually to take pictures of the, of, the, of the, you know, the business end of their dogs and send them in? Roy, I think there are specialist sites on the internet that deal with that kind well, of thing. Well, it's obviously very important, though. We're going to end up on the dark web. We'll be taken off. Well, I just think it, it could be quite, quite an interesting thing for people to, to, to have a look at. the place to come and look at a dog's arse. Yes, well, anyway. Well, it's, if it's good enough for Linda Snell, I don't see why we need to turn our nose up at it. Yes, OK. All right, then. So, um, she, why don't you hit us with some tweets? Oedipus Cat said, I don't know why Pat can't find Olwyn. She should just follow the cough. Uh, Barefoot Mower said, Freddie's having such a dramatic time, and yet I still have no interest in the little tosser. Um, <laughs> Leonard Odyssean said, "Thank you, the Archers editor, for listening to my complaint that there were too many, that there were too few dogs in Ambridge. But I think you've overdone it. There's bloody dogs everywhere now." Uh, Sarah Mattox said, "Personally, I think Lily would be improved immensely with some Class A drugs." And tweet of the week. This is very rude. Goddess Diva said, "Is eating Silmarillion a Pornhub category?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, the rude one. Oh, this has been a good one, hasn't it? It has. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's time for us to tell people that they can get their Dumpty Dum merch at our shop now. Yes. Right. So we've got a brand new spankly shop thing. And I Did was go- supposed to plug this last week and I forgot. Uh, yeah, well, you forgot, but it's all right. It wasn't wasn't quite ready then. But um, if you go to dumptydum.com forward slash shop, you can buy your Dumpty Dum merch, uh, T-shirts, mugs and all manner of things uh, that have um, some of your funny witty sayings on. Yeah. So go there, buy it, and it helps keep uh, the lights on in Dumdy Dum Land. Uh, Dumdydum.com, go there, folks. Um, it's got a forum. Go and join in with our forum, and you can talk about Annabelle Dowler, Becky Wright, or Anya. You can talk about um, the wonderful goings on, which is the world of uh, Archer's Land that we all love. Now, Lucy, mm-hmm. um, if somebody doesn't want to buy a mug yes. or a T-shirt... yes. And they don't want to buy any of our merch. How else could they possibly help support our wonderful endeavour? They can sponsor us on Patreon.com. You're so English. Why? What do I say? Because Dot com, am I supposed to say? Whatever. Um, Patreon.com, go there and you can sponsor us for $2 per show. And you get extra content with my interviews, which I've done with the wonderful actors. Um, what else do we say at the end of the show? We then we talk about following us on the socials. You can follow us on Twitter, where we are at Dum D Dum. Follow me, where I'm at Royfield, and you are at Lucy V Freeman. And I think we should go around the table. And um, how do people follow you on, on on Twitter if they need to? They can follow me at Shambridges or at Glambridges. Hey. <laughs> 
at Annabelle Dowler. <laughs> I'm not on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> at Anya Savinsky. And you're big on the Instas, aren't you? Uh, on the Instas? Yes. Oh, Instagram is just my name as well. Yes, right. I love Instagram. Cool, 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 cool. I like the visual. All right, and of course you can follow uh, the Yokel Bear and Millie Bell and Witherspoon Three Ring Circus on Facebook. If you oh, want to go. Oh, and if you want to follow Derek, oh, I would keep a keep a big distance. <laughs> um, he's on Greaves Greavesy Seventeen. Oh, yes. and also, can I do a plug for my Just Giving page? Yes. Uh, you can find um, my Just Giving. I'm www.justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash Becky's Walk for Sepsis. So please do have a look. There's more details on there. And also, you can donate by text. You can see everything on there. And also, details if you want to come and join me on the walk. All right. I'd love your support. Thank you. And what I've completely forgotten to say is one of the most vital uh, ways that the show is actually created is by you calling in via SpeakPipe. So go onto our website and you can hit the SpeakPipe button and you can pose a question to us or maybe give us one of your own plot predictions. Or if you don't have an internet-enabled device that works, you can call us on 0203-031-3105 to leave us a message on our gubbins. And that people i think he's just about that other than just to say right and i'm overly emotional and sentimental at the best of times but isn't she really good isn't she really good was a wonderful wonderful (laughs) monlude And if you haven't listened to it already, Our Loose was on Radio 4 Extra just on Friday with the lovely Angela Barnes, um, who's a great fan and stalwart of Dumpty Dum. And um, it's a programme called Podcast Radio Hour. And Angela is a celebrity fan of Dumpty Dum and she picked us as her favourite podcast. And so Loose went in and they had a wonderful conversation and I got all proper emotion. And and what was lovely about what I realised that what we've created here is, yes, we love the archers. And I was proper made up when I first met you, Annabelle. I ain't going to bullshit you. I was like, (laughs) you know, and the fact that you even knew about this remix thing that I'd actually done. And speaking to you, Becky, you know, that week when we when we did the show, you know, I really felt like we were pals and whatever. (laughs) And, uh, and as for you, enough said, you know, you know, the better and whatever. I flirted <laughs> outrageously with you. I was so unprofessional and whatever. But what, what this thing has allowed me to do is actually um, connect... With a lot with, of women. No. <laughs> connect... This is your internet dating, yeah. isn't it? Stop it. <laughs> Swipe it's allowed left. me to Swipe connect left. with the one constant in my life other than my family since the age of 14 which has been the archers and then what we've done together is to create a wonderful community and that's what i really realized when where when we played that episode sorry on on radio 4 extra and specifically it was people talking about loss and becky's performance was so amazing so amazing you know i talked about when and made me remember when when my uncle died in front of me i know similar things for you with, with your father and stuff and it's a wonderful safe space where we can love this program, meet some of the actors, and it's relevant to our lives. So thank you for being part thank of the Dumbledore community. Thank you very much. We really appreciate And thank you for coming along everything. today. Thank and you. give everybody a round of applause for the actors.
love me. And you love me. Tom, it's all got too big, hasn't it? Too much fuss. I love you, Tom. I love you so much. And you love me. And you love me. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.